Welcome to Switchfoot Song Stories, a fan-run and operated podcast, not affiliated with Switchfoot. It is time for another edition of the Switchfoot Song Stories podcast. And on this show, I get to interview different guests every week. Sometimes we get the chance to talk to other artists or people that have worked with Switchfoot directly in different ways. And other times, we're going to talk to diehard Switchfoot fans who have followed the band for a really long time. And that is the case today. So please welcome Helen Whittle to the show. Helen, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks so much for hosting me. Um, I really love that you're doing this podcast. And I, I hope the guys are going to get to hear it because um, I, think it's, I think it's brilliant that you're doing this. Yeah, I appreciate I'm honored that. To be, honored to be asked to join you. Yeah. So if you can remember, what's your very first memory of Switchfoot, kind of uh, the moment you were introduced to their music? <laughs> um, it's kind of a funny story with me, actually. Um, so I'm in the UK. Um, Switchfoot are not huge over here, actually, um, which they should be. Um, but I was first introduced to them. Um, I was 16 years old. Um, it was 1999. Um, I'd just become a Christian. Um, and a friend of mine um, gave me a mixtape to celebrate, you know, an old school mixtape on a cassette. <laughs> and um, New Way to Be Human was the final track on the B side of the cassette. And it fell off the end of the cassette um, just after the second chorus. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that was that was my introduction to Switchfoot, half a track <laughs> um, back in 99. And um, I liked it enough to borrow the CD off of another friend and um, I listened to it and I've kind of just become absolutely hooked on that, the amazing writing um, in Switchfoot songs. Um, the depth of the lyrics, uh, I mean, you can go right back to that, that first um, CD that I had, you know, New Way to Be Human and um, the depth of philosophical thought <laughs> that goes on in these, those, those songs um, is amazing. It wasn't immediately apparent, I think, what, what any of the songs were about, but over the years I've just kind of journeyed with them and, you know, they've gone deep into my life in a way that, you know, a lot of songs that were really obvious back then um, that I just kind of gravitated towards. Um, they just kind of fell from my life um, within a year or two. Um, don't really think about them anymore because they were they were so obvious, you know. Um, and I really loved that, you know. I went on from that. I got Learn to Breathe when that one came out and I just fell in love. That was just, um, it, it just kind of landed right in the centre of my taste of music. And they quickly became my favourite band. And that was, that was 2000 or so, um, 2001 maybe. Yeah, Learning to Breathe, the live stream they did of that was one of my favorite uh, live streams. Oh, that was so special. So cool, yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you how many concerts you've been to, but Jude told me you almost went to a, an entire tour at one point. So yeah. I don't know if you could possibly remember the number or even Gosh, yes. estimate how many concerts of Switchfoot you've been to. 24. 24, there you go. 24, <laughs> appropriately <laughs> enough. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I saw my... For some reason, so they'd been my favourite band for 10 years at this point. I'd been a more than average fan since about 2005. It was when Nothing Is Sound came out. Um, and I got hold of that album. And before I'd even listened to it, I read the lyrics. And it just kind of blew my mind. And I thought, wow, this band is really something. And it, yeah, 
it just sort of spiraled from that. <laughs> um, but it took me till 2011 to see my first show. That was November 2011. They just released Vice Versus and they came to London um, on the Vice Versus tour. And that was the first time I'd ever seen them um, for a variety of reasons. I think part, part of that was practical. You know, I didn't have very much money back then. Um, didn't have very much free time. Um, wasn't able to travel very much and I thought I was working in London at the time and they were coming to London I thought do you know what I love this band so much I'm just going to go and see them I was actually one of the reasons I hadn't seen them up to that point was I was actually afraid that they wouldn't be as good live as they were <laughs> on their albums um I'd known other bands absolutely butcher their songs live and I was terrified that Switchfoot were going to be one of those and I was happy to be proved more than wrong um they absolutely blew me away I think I was on a post-concert high for about 18 months after that show yeah um, no kidding I started writing poetry and everything <laughs> um which I'd never done before really um yeah and I, I after that I vowed I would see them every single time that I possibly could after that and I've pretty much kept the word my word for that yeah. um they returned to the U UK and Europe in um, 2015 um and yeah I managed to go see five concerts that year um so that was uh Big Church Day Out Edinburgh and then we went over to Europe and saw them in um Vienna Austria um, and then a couple of shows in Germany, um, and it was um, it was life changing. I don't really want to exaggerate that. Um, it felt like a real spiritual journey. Yeah, so I'd never managed to communicate to them my appreciation or anything like that. Um, and I did VIP for the first time in the Edinburgh show, um, which was actually where I met Jude, um, which is um, which is brilliant. Actually, I'd never met any other British. Well, any other British fans who are more than sort of casual fans, you know, I knew a couple of people who knew them and liked them, um, which was great, but they thought I was slightly nuts for liking them as much as I did. <laughs> to find somebody else who's as nuts as I am um, was, was great, um, <laughs> quite reassuring. Um, but yeah, um, so I met them the first time then. I managed to um, give them a letter saying what they meant to me. I had a little conversation with them. Um, and John played the most magical after show after that concert and you know he played it it was in Edinburgh it was down a little alleyway um, with a view over the whole of the city um, wow. and it was just such a beautiful magical experience um, to see an after show the first time and hear him play um, it was the day that Sunlight released um, of his solo EPs and he played a few of their song those songs and um, yeah, I was hooked. <laughs> yeah. So then, um, you know, I followed them out to Europe, saw a couple of um, European shows. Um, the hottest, sweatiest, tiniest little club in Austria, um, which is absolutely wild. Um, we were all quite literally dripping, spraying sweat. <laughs> it was quite disgusting. <laughs> um, and then, um, Munich which was quite the opposite really chilled yeah and that just it just felt like a moment of grace that um that I'd been quite a rubbish fan and he just kind of embraced that and was just really really humbled that I'd you know been there and been on that tour um which is a really a really mind-blowing and precious thing really <laughs> um so then after that it was a couple of years later um 
and this is the tour that I went on with Jude. They came to Europe in um, 2017, um, and we did. Um, we managed to go to seven Switchfoot shows and a solo show that was announced at the last moment. Um, that we raced back across Europe to get to <laughs> the last moment, um, which was interesting. Um, it was so worth doing. It was the most beautiful experience. So that was that was sort of eight shows in just over a week. Um, and when you thought that it couldn't get any better, they announced that they were coming back in the autumn and doing a full UK tour. So I got tickets to another eight shows. <laughs> um, so we saw Switchfoot 15 times that year. And John? It's dedication right there. It was, yeah, unprecedented. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> kind of run out of words for it. And they landed up that tour um, in the city that I used to live in, um, Norwich playing about five minutes from my old house <laughs> um i still kind of feel home there and um you know when they, they they played where i belong to close out that show it was really really emotional to sort of think you know i i feel like i belong in this place i've not been back for probably a decade and to mm -hmm. find myself here with my band um where i'm at home with their music and just super special yeah <laughs> some really amazing experiences that's about the number of shows that i've been to but of course i'm in the states so they're like constantly, yeah constantly in the midwest or when i lived in florida for a little while they were always around there too so the fact of yeah. being overseas and still making that many shows is pretty cool so yeah yeah you kind of have to binge switch for it <laughs> you can wait years and then um, see them as many times as possible in a short yeah. space of time always yeah, so, always worth it <laughs> absolutely. every time yeah um so this is uh this is the seventh episode of the show and we have actually yet to dive into the new album in terabang so until today so we're uh yeah. we're, we're gonna talk about this beautiful masterpiece that is in terabang and it's good timing as well because in terabang deluxe came out um not too long ago a couple weeks i think it was and yeah and um, I also, I wanted to mention that, um, you know, when, when Interrobank came out the first time, um, before the Deluxe, uh, you wrote uh, one of my favorite reviews I saw of the new album. So um, oh, thank I, you. I think this, this album is similar to Fading West in that, uh, in terms of feedback of fans, of how it was a little different. And so you kind of get the, mm. the polarizing, you know, different different viewpoints, but for the most part, still really well loved. and. And I, I know you really appreciate the album um, opening paragraph of your review. You said, uh, born of the trauma of the past couple of years, it holds a powerful message about community and connection. The songs forming a continuous thesis from start to finish. The lyrics are honest and poetic. The music brave and creative. The guitar tones gorgeous and the vocals sublime. So I thought that was a really cool opening of your review. <laughs> Um, what what made you before we dive into the song Wolves? What made you like the album as a whole so much? Um, I think that that sort of sums it up in a way. Um, I was reading back over that review and just thinking, I wrote that review very fresh. Um, reviewing Switchfoot was always a little difficult. I have um, reviewed other albums and by other artists, and you know I always um, you know I, I write my review based on sort of first impressions usually. Um, so I tried to take the same approach with Switchfoot because I feel I listened to it a couple of times and I'm very emotionally invested. Um, and I like to kind of come at it fresh and um, 
in that respect it's a little difficult um to kind of detach and to to think you know what what is this album um in its essence and terrorbang um it just feels really really cohesive um it feels like it feels like john's kind of gone away from 2020 just going a lot has just happened um how do i process this what do i want to say um about the experience that we've all had um individually and collectively and has come away with something you know an absolute masterpiece that really does um it it takes you straight from what feels like you know beloved i talk about it feels like somebody opening up a book and beginning to read the introduction mm-hmm. you know this is this is what i want to say these are the questions that i want to pose maybe maybe we can find a way forwards and then it goes on from there and it um it expands on that it explores different angles um it, it looks at it looks at the national conversation it thinks about why we're so fractured what happens if we don't heal those wounds what happens um if we don't find community and connection what happens in my own life if i can't mend my own relationships what happens if i can't see your perspective and then it goes very introspective and it thinks you know i'm battling a lot of anxiety coming out of all this it's being fed by isolation i haven't got the connection that i need with other people and that's sending me into spirals and how do i break that how do i restore what i've broken and then you get to electricity at the end and that feels like a conclusion it feels like the end credits of a film almost it kind of takes a breath and just goes okay we've spent all this time kind of thinking about what's real and what's not and the connection that we want to make how about we take a breath and we put our phones down we step away from our devices and we spend time with those around us um, and we try and actually put into practice um that effort at making connection and finding meaning um with another person and i I actually love that that it just kind of takes you on this really coherent journey um you know like a thesis you know i've said it and i think switchfoot have said it as well um you know it's this one coherent idea that's explored from so many different angles and i really really love that aside from which it just sounds fantastic i'm really really excited that um you know when they first put out um I need you to be wrong the first single um i couldn't believe that that was what they put out for a lead single you know it was the kind of um you know there are many different switchfoots um there are quite you know radio friendly switchfoot quite accessible um it's very uh you know there's a lot of like um rock and pop um that you played on the radio and then there's this other side to switchfoot where they get really quirky they sometimes get very weird um quite experimental and quite edgy and I actually I really really love that but usually they keep that for b-sides and bonus tracks and EPs and you don't normally get a lot of it on the studio albums and when I heard that that song was what was being released as a lead single I thought this is very interesting um this is the kind of quirky edgy switch foot that I really really have come to appreciate over the years um, where they they kind of embrace the chaos. Um, yeah. They don't go for what's necessarily just popular, what's going to get them loads of radio play. They go for, they're just doing what they do best. Um, they're, 
you know they're they're just kind of being creative and yeah it's it's musically brilliant and yeah and the rest of the album kind of goes along with that i think you know they've explored a lot of different styles over the years and then they've come back to this album and they've just gone what what can we do that um no one else can do and just leaned hard into their most creative side and not pulled any punches with what they want to say um not tried to dumb down their lyrics at all um it's all there it's all switch for and i absolutely love that it's yeah it's the album that i think i've been dreaming about them making for almost as long as i've known them i think um and here it is <laughs> yes and you know when it, when it came out there's a lot of fans that were talking about how you know it sounds like eastern hymns or you know it sounds yeah. like the b-sides um but i know for a lot of people including you like it's kind of like right up your alley because like that's not a knock on the work that some of the be most absolutely best stuff they've done is, is some of the unreleased stuff so yeah it's, it almost sounds like a backhanded compliment you know it's, yeah. it sounds like a b-side but it, it that really isn't that genuinely some of their best work is yeah. there um but it's not necessarily what's going to sell copies um and that's why it's that's why it's not necessarily what's been put on the albums um and this time around they've gone do you know we're just going to do it and they've made the brave decision and they've put it on the album and it really really works and it just shines and yeah, yeah it makes it a fantastic album one of my favorite lines from the fading west movie is when john says you know sometimes you sometimes bands play in places where nobody cares yeah. not every band does it intentionally so it's <laughs> but does that intentionally and yeah. they actually went and got purposely a a producer that believes different than them mm. has a different point of view says let's throw away anything that, that you've kind of done before let's make something fresh and new like that that's so rare for a band to just mm. like you said embrace the chaos and go for it um yeah i love it yeah we've got tony who is fairly unfamiliar with their back catalogue um and has yet managed to draw out everything that's really really great about them you know, without without knowing that, you know, there's just um, he's seen what they're capable of, um, and has brought that to the fore in the album. And for me, I was like, so you obviously had a, an amazing first impression. For me, it was more a little bit over time. Yeah. Because some of my my friends that are like, like, I don't know, I wouldn't say upset. They still liked it, but they were just like, not as thrilled as previous works. And for me, it was like, yeah, I kind of see maybe where you're coming from. And then with each passing listen, I was like, I think this might actually be brilliant. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. with, with each passing listen and each passing week, I was just like coming back to it more and more. And I was like, yeah. when, you, when you think of this kind of in the age 2020, 2021, 22, that not a whole lot of bands or artists are making these cohesive projects mm. anymore. It's a lot of singles and, yes. and even even full albums that are just like kind of what used to be maybe EPs that were just kind of like a random collection of songs. When you listen to this thing front to back, it's, it's brilliant. And you mentioned the opener and closer. Nobody does opening and closing albums <laughs> like this band. I mean, it's just nice. <laughs> it's amazing. And then, you know, uh, other songs, like the song Wolves in particular, that was a, a demo 
from about 15 years ago oh, that wow. we we had forgotten about john had had uh, chopped up some some drum beat and and put it on uh you know uh, some strings on top of it and and kind of this uh eerie ghosty vocal that he recorded right into the the speakers on his laptop on the microphone on his laptop and it had a it had a really weird sound but there's something about this song that was just captivating and tony berg heard that demo from 15 years ago and he said wow this is great we got to do this so yeah the, the songs kind of span the range of you know um 15 years ago to 2020. Hmm. so i want to share this too this is uh john foreman's words about the song wolves that we're talking about today which is cool too because wolves um, they had a remix come out in the deluxe mm. edition which is awesome um, but he said this a while back this is a little bit lengthy so you know grab a pillow and, and enjoy i guess <laughs> but it's just this is incredible I, I i can't cut any of it out it's so good but um, yeah. john foreman said about the song wolves he said sometimes the wolves keep you up at night you can hear them in your mind howling outside the gate in the dead of night you roll over and pull the covers closer and then you shoot up in bed in a cold sweat with a terrifying realization that the wolves are inside the gate already howling to get out fear panic despair depression the wolves are within me this song was written many years ago in a hotel room in berlin i had spent all day with my head in museums and books adrift amongst the complexity complexities of the gray city deep in the heart of europe bonhoeffer hitler einstein war revolt revolution hope and hunger my thoughts were casting long shadows on the conflict that I felt inside. Out of the hundred tunes we originally sent Tony, this was the song that he first fell in love with. We liked it too. Wolves had been in the running for every album we've made since Nothing Is Sound, but we could never find the right approach. Tony's input was to lean on the original recording, which is what we ended up doing. The vocal that you hear on the song is the one that I sang the night I wrote it in Berlin 15 plus years ago. It's a dark, off-putting song, so it's only fitting to hear a ghost from the past singing into his laptop microphone in the middle of the night in Berlin. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. <laughs> I so love that they were brave enough to do that. Yeah, so I mean, if again, if this song especially sounds like an old-school B-side Switchfoot, I mean, it literally mm. is. This is like him singing into a Mac. Yeah. You know, now we're you know approaching, what, 17 or so years ago. Yeah. Um, it's just a cool story, too, of how Tony and the guys brought it back to life. Yes. Um, interestingly enough, I think before we get fully into the song, um, I wrote a poem um, a few years back um, personifying my own depression as a wolf. And this song, um, it kind of connects to that in a way because I hear this song and I, I hear that original context. I hear um, you know, John exploring Berlin and the history of that, and then his own anxieties um, of today. I also hear a more general message about depression. Um, and the whole song just feels like an upward spiral towards the light to me. Um, John often says, you know, when you ask him for songwriting advice, he often says, start in the darkness and aim for the light. And this song, I think, absolutely encapsulates that perfectly um, for me. It, it is uh, in many ways a very dark song, but it, it doesn't stay there. Um, it's, it's absolutely relentless at pushing towards the light all the way through the song. Um, 
really brought back to me that that experience of um, my own battle a few years back of, of depression and writing that poem out of it which kind of um it, it sort of imagined the depression as, as a wolf sort of stalking me out of the shadows um and then imagining what would happen if i could lead the, the wolf into a trap um catch it in a cage and turn around and face it and talk to it uh, find out what it wanted um and kind of reverse that power dynamic um and i think there's something similar going on with the song not entirely the same but it, it feels like um That'll that'll come on the the show a little bit. Her audio. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's cute. Yeah. So we start. Um, it, it starts, you know, very much um, as an introspective. Um, you get this sort of um, the, the the lumbering strings um, come plodding in. It feels very heavy, um, very unsettling. Um, and then the, the opening lyrics, you know, evening when the wolves come out, I'm a gloomy soul. And you know, it's very, it's very introspective. It's thinking about um, the, the depression, the anxieties that, um, that assail us in the night. If, you know, um, anybody who's experienced anxiety and depression, you know, um, the, the difficulty of the dark hours, um, the, the darkness in your head starts to speak a lot louder. Um, it can feel like a, you know, it can feel like the howling wolves are starting to circle, um, and that's that's kind of where the song starts. And it is, it's dark, um, and it's unapologetically dark. It's unapologetically honest with that. As the song kind of moves forwards, um, it it gets into the sort of chorus section, and it, you know, um, all of my worlds are collision and spin. Um, hope is a war that we're already in. Um, there's a there's a sort of there's a fracture there. Um, it feels like you're fighting. You're, there's a battle going on. Um, there's a lot of tension within you. Um, but then it, it, the song doesn't let up. There's almost no breath between that and the next verse. And the next verse comes in, and it's it's got a it's got a bigger perspective already. You know, snowfall for the battlefield. And there you can see that John's kind of moved out of his own head. He's moved into um, the story of the, the city that he's in. He's thinking about war. He's thinking about that sort of external conflict as well. He's thinking about what goes on in the world. There's a there's a longing for more in that verse um, that comes through. And then it comes back round to the chorus. End, begin, again. All of my world is collision and spin. Hope is a world that's yet to begin um and we've come from um, a very introspective very fractured place to um there's there's a wholeness coming in there's a um there's a sense of unity and purpose and a sense that we can't see hope yet but it's out there um that it's that it's that it's reachable somehow um Hope is there. It's a world that's yet to begin. We're not we're not at hope yet, um, but it, but it's there. Um, and it comes round again, and begin again. Um, and every time we reach that, you know, begin again, the song is almost at a higher place. Um, it's got a bigger perspective. It's got a brighter feel. 
Um, and it ends on this real up note. A new day begins, begin again. And it just feels like that battle that you have with depression um, to almost lift yourself out of your own perspective because depression wants to send you down this spiral that kind of takes you down and pulls you pulls you further down. Um, and the work, which is incredibly difficult and courageous, is to um, to kind of face it head on and not let it drag you down, but to um, to kind of think, okay. How do I how do I expand my horizon? What is actually true? Um, where am I in the world? What what really matters? And to kind of expand your perspective out. And what I've found really really helpful personally is to um, just to consider the the challenges that the world is facing. You know, there's some really dark stuff going on in the world. It doesn't anyone anyway mean to downplay you know my own battles, which are you know also important, but to shift my perspective outwards and to say, okay, that's going on in me. Um, I can face that. Um, this is going on outside and I am going to not go down that spiral, but I'm going to lean into the problems of the world and I'm going to see how I can bring the world a little bit closer to hope. Um, I'm gonna see what, um, whether I can be part of bringing in a better world. Um, if I'm struggling for hope personally, I want to be part of bringing in hope, um, which I believe is coming. Um, and I think that's kind of the, the story of this song, um, that it spirals upwards towards that light, towards that bigger perspective. Yeah, so um, for me, I just love that this song, this song is, um, it's almost that spiritual practice of just pulling yourself out of a dark place. And um, I found myself turning to it quite a lot over the last year. Um, you know, the world, the world is, just feels very heavy at the moment and to um to pull myself out of my own despair and go um i i believe um i can't see it there's no sign of it yet i believe that there is a better world to come and i believe that it's possible to work towards that and what can i do right now to bring that in yeah i love those thoughts i was thinking about the line of awaken O sleeper and I, was, Gosh, yes. I couldn't remember if if there was more than this reference, um, but Ephesians 5, this is why it said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Mm -hmm. So that's always been uh, a verse that I've loved. And uh, again, just kind of how many times in the song, you know, they, they say that line. And uh, yeah. then when you go back and you picture him in this hotel room and very contemplative of all that's going on, mm -hmm. Then you fast forward like almost two decades later and how how relevant all of it still is. Yeah. Um, but that that line, especially when you think of what's before it and the one part of, you know, hope is a war we're already in, awake and no sleeper, and then a new day yeah. begins. It's like it's almost um it's calling you not to fall into complacency in a way that um is you know, I've already said the song is relentless, it just keeps on going, it doesn't let you stop. And I think, you know, if you were to stop at any of those points, it would be easy just to give up. Um, you know, there's almost a beat to it. It feels like um, if you were to breathe along to the rhythm of this song, it feels it feels like you're panting, like you want to, <laughs> like you're climbing a mountain, you know. Um, <laughs> if you've ever tried that. Um, but if you, if you stop, it feels like you're almost gonna give up. You're gonna go back down. 
um, you're never going to reach that summit. Um, you're never going to experience the light of Christ shining on you. Um, you're never going to get to that place of hope that, you know, you, you just face, you, you just have to keep facing it. You just have to keep going onwards. Um, you know, and there's that constant reminder, awaken, I sleep, uh, a new day begins. And it's almost like, you know, you just have to keep putting one foot in front of another, taking one breath at a time, one day at a time. And you, you get there, you climb the mountain. Um, so much going on with this song. It's, you know, it's only three minutes, but it's, uh, it's, it's deep. <laughs> what do you think of the, uh, the remix that came out? There's I some, actually uh, love it. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a part of me um, that, that really loves EDM and yeah, um, I think I think the vibe of the remix uh, is absolutely perfect. It, yeah. it kind of leans into the, um, the, the, the depth of it. Um, it's very edgy. It's, it's again very, very um, dark and creative. Mm -hmm. the, the additional lyrics um, you That's know the song is quite literally haunting and to have those extra lyrics kind of coming in just talking about you know how, how you feel haunted um is yeah i think that that really adds to the song yeah i'm normally not a huge fan of remixes yeah and i think one reason why is if a band like hypes up like new music and then it's a remix i'm like oh yeah. <laughs> come on now. I want new stuff mm. but in this case with it being deluxe um and the fact that it's so fresh and the, the new the newness added to it. I think my mm. reaction when that um, when that new part came on, I think I looked at my phone. I was like, "Oh, okay, okay." <laughs> yeah, I thought, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's like um, faithless or something, isn't it? It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm all for that. And um, the the you know, the time signature changed towards the end. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it's brilliant. I think you know some remixes are done just for the sake of doing a remix. You know, mm. um, making a dance track out of a song. But um, yeah. I think there's a lot of thought put into that. It doesn't lose anything. Um, you know, the essence of the song is all still there. You still get this upward spiral. Um, Good stuff. Yeah, it's uh, especially doing this podcast. I I end up having that song kind of on repeat the rest of the day um, beforehand to to prepare, but also just it's in my mind and, and hopefully similar. You know, similar case to fans that may listen. Um, just to have maybe a newfound appreciation for the song. But mm. um, I really, I think if fans are listening to this, maybe they've been fans for a long time and they haven't really maybe given Interrobang the full, uh, I don't know what the word is, but <laughs> what what it deserves. Like really yeah. dive into this and, and think about and, and read John's words and the guys, things they've said in the interviews, just about the depth of all this, you know, watch mm. the special. Tony Berg and like when you start to put it all in perspective um not only that like I, I fully expect a band to keep going and you know maybe make something who knows maybe it's maybe it's more familiar the next time and maybe it's even yeah. more, more experimental <laughs> but like they've got this huge collection so appreciate the I don't know the the vast talent and the the difference of all of it because you got some fans who are always like you know, oh, this sounds too much like the previous. And then the same people are like, this is way too different for them. You know, <laughs> pick, a, pick a lane, people, you know, just, just <laughs> yeah. appreciate, appreciate what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, I love that um, every album they've put out has just been really different from the one before. Um, they've, they've never kind of stayed still and just carried on doing the same old thing. Yeah. I feel like they would probably have burnt it out by now if they'd done that, but um, they, they're an incredibly talented band. They've, they've got so much to offer. And um, yeah. What he said about the every album since Nothing Is Sound, so basically mm. ha- half their career, this song has just been sitting there just waiting and and I know there's a there's a part of us longtime fans that are just like I just wonder I just want to grab one of their hard drives and see yeah, how gosh. many hundreds <laughs> how many other wolves there are yeah how many brilliant songs are out there and and I, I want to pitch to the guys like hey would you guys ever feel like maybe a, a, another hiatus or slowing down you know just do like a song a week for like two years something like that <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> from the archives yeah yeah i mean there's a demo of this one floating around and um you can see that they've really um kind of gone back to the bones of it and gone okay what they've stripped out a lot that's um i think was kind of getting in the way um brought it right back to its essence um and produced this amazing thing that's just really really tight um that just kind of takes you on this journey and doesn't let up um and to go right back to the 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 laptop vocal it's just um it's beautiful as well you know um john's voice has changed a lot over the years and to just hear that mm-hmm. you know that that voice from 15 years ago um the qualities that it had then which is quite different from the, the qualities that it has now um very very beautiful very haunting good stuff so anything as we kind of wrap up here um anything about the song wolves that that you maybe haven't said that would like to or um, anything you would like uh, to share with your your fellow Switch fam, as we call it? Ooh, um, yeah. I think going back to the early part of our conversation, I say um, if you get a chance to go see the guys live, do it. Um, always tickets first, logistics later. And I say that from a point of great experience of buying tickets to shows in eight different countries um, on a whim, and then having to work out how to actually physically get to the shows. Um, <laughs> always 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 worth it um the adventures um <laughs> you've had by the end of it um, are so worth it um and then i'm um, just coming back to the song wolves um it's it's very what we'd call in the uk a marmite track you love it or you hate it um <laughs> uh give it another try um it's dark but it doesn't stay there um it's not depressing it's actually um I, I think it's um, it's good practice for drawing yourself out of a dark place when you if you ever face um, anxiety and depression. Hope is out. Hope is out there. Always reach towards it. Special thanks to Helen Whittle for being on the show this week. She had a very refreshing take on the song Wolves. Make sure to check out her entire review of Interrobang. We'll post a link to that in the show description. And to all the SwitchFit fans out there, we are just getting started. So many wonderful guests coming up. Make sure to leave us a review and share with your friends. These songs and this band deserve all of these conversations and more. Have a wonderful day and we will talk to you again next week.